We're going to roll into this shit. Yeah, let's do it. Good Monday morning. Matt Hodell, the passage of our podcast here with Chris Boyle. Hey. That's all you're going to get from him. That's it. It's a little bit early for me. Yeah. It's we've, Monday morning. We've been doing these. We've actually been recording these at night. And so yeah. you're getting the tail end of our day. And it's now, not really now Monday we're, morning? Now we're, Wait, I'm confused. Now we're bushy, we're bushy and bright-eyed. But it is Monday morning It's for totally you, so Monday we'll, morning. Yeah, it's I'm a beautiful day. Act. I'm good looking. Chris is good looking. We're handsome gentlemen. Debatable. Face for radio is what we got right now. Totally. I'm totally. gonna take a coffee drink here on live on. That's uh, drinking coffee recorded mm, live. Mm. I don't need to endorse them, but Yeti is the no, shit. This is the second time we've talked about it. <laughs> it's true, though. I mean, I poured really that coffee is. hours ago. It's still hot. I know. Yeah, it's so good. I had a cold drink in my same Rambler <laughs> the other day, and it was cold at the end of my shift. I, t- I It was like at noon. I put some ice in there. There's still ice in the cup at 10 o'clock at night. Amazing. It's so badass. Yeah, the drink was long gone. We awesome. What, what have you been talking about? We've been talking about basically what you're worth or what you can charge. Yeah, my Yeti argument. Yeti can charge a lot. Yeah, Yeti can charge a shit they're worth ton. it. Yeah, they're charging. I mean, I paid it. Yeah. Uh, we're we're saying like, okay, what what should you charge? What are you worth? If you're the product, you know, how do you figure this out? And we went through kind of like a like a loose list of of things that go into that equation and we talked about appearances um then we said who you know what you do or what you've done and achievements or i'm sorry what you do and then achievements two different things um and the second one this is actually the third podcast of talking about that we're going to go to uh the idea of who you know and i think this one i think this was actually hard for me and chris to come up with because we're not glory hounds we're not big name droppers yeah and so the first idea that i thought of was like you know this is part of the equation but i don't want to talk about who i know like i know so and so and i've tattooed so and so like that doesn't get me off but yeah i think there's a point where like if if you name drop even if you know all these you know quote unquote important people and you're just name dropping and all you do is talk about it that's off-putting that's like kind of like the opposite of i think what we're going to try to talk about like that i mean obviously it does matter who you know and the more people you know who are more influential the more that people will pay attention to you but i think if you overuse that around all these other people it just is like annoying right it goes on to like i'm the best just ask me you're just like a pretentious asshole and then i think really like if some if i hear somebody talking like that i just start to doubt if they have anything to offer themselves if if they're only offering other people so i i I, though i think we're like trying to talk about more like who you know in a sense of who's collecting who's around yeah who's collecting your work and what credibility do they lend to you perfect we're going from the refrigerator magnet that your mom has mm-hmm. to the swankiest. My mom loves my work. So if anybody, <laughs> well, of course. you know, that speaks to my value. Or, or if your work is hanging like in a in a uh, like the a swanky restaurant, sure. a high end restaurant, that's gonna that's gonna definitely be a different thing. You know, yeah. like oh, don't you know his work is in all of the yeah. whatever. What I don't know what famous restaurants. Yeah, and I mean, be, I think but. you said the word credibility. That's like what we're kind of talking about, and that's like I think that's kind of the main thing is like what lends credit to what you do what what makes you credible and makes someone else want to collect what you do and just to make sure that we're that this the intent of this conversation doesn't get lost we're trying to figure out how the people around you and the people that collect from you lend to the value of 
what your work is. Okay, yeah. so this isn't about like hobschnobbing and all that other other hootenannies. Yeah. it's not about name dropping and acting really cool. Yeah, basically, even if you don't believe it, yeah, and this about, this is a part of it. And it's not about how good you are either. Like yeah. you know, it, it's about like when Matt and I talk, we were talking about it's not always how good you are is not what we're talking about or whether it, it the art you do is good or not it's about what are you worth and in reality what you're worth is what people are willing to pay for what you do you right know, we've talked about that we in a way before we're not even just talking necessarily as much i don't think about money but we kind of are talking yeah. still about money and how yeah. how that translates so you know what you're worth in the sense of like what people are willing to pay for you and what makes that up like how, what can you do and how do you interact with people in order to make that value? Because I think this is the thing that people do is they they don't know what scale to use. They say, "Yeah, uh, well, I put five hours into it, or I or I used two hundred dollars worth of material to make it, or you know, some of the stuff." And we're saying like, we're trying to break out of that simple mindset and go think bigger. Think the fact that you're a craftsman. Yeah. Think the fact that you're putting your knowledge, your 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 experience into this and your personality into it, whether you like it or not, and that becomes its own unique thing altogether. So uh, we, I guess we could stage into this as far as the who it is and who's the credibility. And I think at the, at the bottom rung, I think you mentioned it was like our wife's friends. Yeah. You know? Wife's <laughs> you know, friends. That first layer of... Cousins, yeah, brothers. The, the first layer of referral. Still your cousin, yeah, yeah, I guess. Yeah, yeah. They're probably gonna get. They're probably gonna get work from from you out of sympathy at some point. You yeah. know, like, oh, we better buy something from Chris. He made this all by himself. You know. Yeah, I mean, that's know? one side of it. I think sometimes too, you know, people that you're around, like, even you know, th- this kind of speaks to what we're talking about. Um, you know, whether it's like a church community or, you know, if you have other extracurricular activities you got martial like, arts parachuting magic the gathering card games that you attend music all your music people yeah, whatever, whatever other circles you run around sometimes like when you're around people and you're in community with people they're going to want to support you just because they know that you have a service that you provide that's something that they desire and they would rather buy something from you than from somebody they don't know so that doesn't you know there's no even consideration and at least in their initial interest they may just want to like get a tattoo or they may need a logo design for their company and they go oh well i know that this person who's involved with something that i'm involved in does that for a living i want to give them some business and i think i just thought about this too and so yeah you're right like maybe the maybe you're in a group in a circle let's just call it you're a parachuter sure and everyone that drops down starts to get to know you and they start getting some work from you yeah i think in this situation it's the volume that speaks for itself. One or two people did it. They were happy. You underpromised and overdelivered. Next thing you know, you're the guy for them. Yes. You're the guy who does their leather work. You're the guy who does their tattoos. You're yep. the guy who does their paintings, or whatever the case may be. Sure. Your product backed itself up with the referrals, and now I think that says that group a lot. Trusts you now because now you have a whole lot of people, and when those when when that group goes out into their other subsets of community groups, like they're involved in church or they're involved in in whatever job they're in, they're like, hey man, you should go to my guy. Everyone I know at the parachute drop zone goes to him. So as a group, when you say who you know, I think that's yeah. I think that's as a group type mindset almost. Like there's a lot of credibility there if a lot of people are doing it. Yeah. 
Yeah, so that's like the first rung of kind of like your, I mean, maybe your sphere of influence or your circle of influence or whatever you want to call it, you know, is that... What, are you in any groups? I mean, yeah, I mean... Well, I, what I guess groups I'm, do you think you run I mean, I, I, well, I have like a church group, you know, like I, that we've been attending like a different church now, so like even like the other day I thought of that, it's like... There was somebody who she's like, oh, she introduced herself to me and she's like, hey, I know that you do tattoos and my guy doesn't live here anymore and this and that. And one of my friends wants to get tattooed and I looked at your work and it looks really cool. And so it's like that's just like the beginning stage of that. You know what I mean? It's like mm-hmm. it was literally just because my wife was going to like a like a women's group and they made that connection there. And she didn't even really say anything other than when they were talking about, like, well, what's your husband doing? Oh, he's a tattoo artist. Oh, cool. Then she went and looked, and then she approached me about, hey, like, I'm going to be wanting to get something sometime, too. So, you know, I haven't done a tattoo on him yet, but it's like, whatever, you know, that's like just that's the way it works. And it's like, yeah, cool. Yeah, well, that's a up. very, I mean, that might not be, like, broadcasting to hundreds of people. No. But that's an intimate referral. But, that is a good, I mean, that's a good yeah, one. That's a good, solid. That's a good referral. And, I mean, the reality is, is, like, whether it's a church group or a martial arts group or a drop zone group or whatever, I mean, if it's the YMCA, you know what I mean, staff, it doesn't mm-hmm. matter. I think that if if you have a good referral in there, then that's going to, like, breed business. And it is, like you said, I mean, I think there is a little bit just in a, in a consumer mentality, like people kind of like, they have like this group interest that's how branding really works you know what i mean it's like why does like every kid right now love minecraft and fortnite and youtubers and all this it's like it's because there's like a gang mentality of like oh i gotta get on this train like why does everybody when i was a kid everybody wanted a starter jacket you know like because all the other kids had them too and it kind of works the same way in that it's like if you have a group of people who are similar in their interests or in their social circles they're going to tend towards the same kinds of things. So if you do something successful, you know, successfully, like your art connects with them, whether that's a tattoo or a design or a painting or whatever, like it's going to be a really strong referral the next time. And they're going to eventually kind of be comfortable with that scenario. They're going to be your best spokesman. Yeah. You know, yeah. I think there's a point, you know, where it might be important to mention that, like, you have to diversify, you know, uh, your market because I've definitely, I think you can get too dependent on one group, you know? Like, if you have yeah, all these it's people like milking the you. same cows over and over yeah. and over again. And it kind of yeah. just doesn't, you know, you know, out, there's a little, little bit of a tangent, but I think, you know, if, you, if you're always in the same circles, it isn't always the most beneficial to you creatively, you know? So I think the same way that if we as artists are always doing the exact same thing, which I think is something that kind of ends up happening to a lot of us. It's like, you know, I was talking to a friend who's like really well known for doing spider tattoos. You know what I mean? And he's like, if I have to do one more goddamn spider, you know what I mean? Like, uh, Hey, spider guy. Yeah. It's like, Hey, what do you want to do? Well, I was like thinking like we could, no, actually a spider would be cool. It's like, and he likes doing spiders, but he doesn't, you know, it's just kind of like, I mean, that's all I do is like everybody that wants to get a spider. Oh, he's known for that now. Yeah. So it's like, I think in the same way, if you are always tattooing the same kind of client group or that same circle, it can kind of, you know, kind of like limit your desire to move past it or get stuck in it. So the advice is, I think, go and meet people. Go get involved. Yeah. Don't you can't sit at home 
yeah. post something on Instagram and think like, oh, the work itself should speak. Yeah. I should be able to do something good and the world should recognize it. Yeah, I There think, has to be that intimate touch with it. I think it used to be able to be that way, but I think now, whether I like it or not, I'm having just to accept it. You know, there's so many people that do so many different forms of art and serve especially a service-based art you know like design or tattooing or illustration or whatever that now you just if you were looking like very rarely do i think like people can look themselves in the mirror and be like i am original i am like i am this thing that like my craft speaks 100 percent for itself like i think that's mostly like guys that are sitting at home on the internet being mad that they're not busy and talking about how much they are a craftsman, you know, like, because the reality is I know that like, I don't think I'm a poor craftsman at tattooing. I work really hard to try to get better at my craft, but there are a lot of people who are very good at the same craft as me in a geographically close area. So I make no mistakes that when people are choosing to get tattooed by me instead of someone else, that there has to be something other than just the craft that they're interested in, you know what I mean? Or just my, you know, my preferences of what stuff. But so I I don't know. I I want to bring something up really quick because what the, this first tier that we're talking about, which was like definitely friends and family and what are they going to, you know, how do you charge them or, you know, what am I worth? And then you get the referrals of friends and family. Now you're getting, you know, these crossovers a little bit and then sure. own independent groups. And I, I think the, I think what, what some people do, well, I know people do this, a lot of people do this. They think, okay, maybe this this project, let's, let's just go to like leather wristbands. Yeah. And it's worth a hundred bucks all day long, you know, and people would be willing to pay a hundred bucks all day long. But something in your head has like this triage of reasons to give a discount well they're my wife's friend they went to college together you know they like to they drive the same car they our friends are on the same soccer team i'm gonna have to see them all the time and they're it's almost like the discount you're giving is based on some form of guilt like oh i don't really want to charge them that much but i just want to say that's fine every once in a while throw one out there you know do something nice for somebody i'm not saying don't do it what i'm saying is it is very difficult to stop that yeah. in the referral process. So if they get something or love a wristband for 50 bucks, right? Right. And yeah. then then the next guy's like, well, what, uh, you said you only charged her 50. It's almost better to give it for free. And then it's like, oh, that was a gift. Because a gift yeah. is totally different than paying for services. I just want to point out it's hard to raise your prices back to your worth, what it's really worth, if you start off giving it all away because of some guilt or or the or the intimate zones are too close so you feel weird. Yeah. yeah. What do you think? Uh, I don't know. I like I still I have like a hard a hard time with that one. I agree completely in the sense that, you know, the typical, you know, scenario somebody comes in as a walk-in at a tattoo shop you they want they're like i don't know it's like they pick a design like off of your flash that you painted or a design that you have drawn you're like oh cool like if you want to get something like this like i'll give you a better deal i mean that's just a thing that happens people that aren't tattooers out there you know what i mean like it's like something you want to do or something you're interested in i think that happens with music it happens with 
with anything, like even a service, per, like somebody who like does like hardwood flooring. Well, they, and a lot they of these they call, they call like, passion pieces. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I don't know. That's like that's pushing it a little bit far for me. But it's like it, you know, even like a like a, a laborer, like a guy who does like concrete or whatever. If he has like if somebody wants some really cool like stained concrete with like an etched design in it or something, he might be like, well, that's going to be awesome. Like that's going to be like a really good looking thing. It's going to like be something nice to take a picture of and show other people that I can do this kind of higher end thing or this fancier more off the beaten path thing that maybe other concrete guys don't really offer you know so it's always hard because when I find myself in that same situation where I can like put out a piece especially in a tattoo like something permanent that like I feel like in a way as a form of advertising like saying like hey look at this like this is my style this is what I do because a lot of times we don't get to do really what we do you know what I mean like so I think it's tempting to like discount that ahead of time just to be like it's cool that you're getting this and I want to try try to charge full price well that's the yeah. thing that's the thing it's like you have to be careful with that though and that's where I agree with you is like you have to be careful because there is a point where it's like better to give something as a gift than it is to just discount it to a point where there's now an expectation that's been created that they're going to come back to you and get whatever they want for the same price. And it's like, yeah, you know, they don't understand that you are doing it. Right. They might not understand that you were doing it, but yeah. you, you, so you selected unless, a catalog of work that was special. I guess to you. there's, there's certain situations where I think it is okay to do that when you are comfortable enough with a person to explain to them what is happening. And there's an agreement made there yeah. where you kind of say, Hey, I'm going to do this work for you because I am expecting it to create some business for me and this is the way you can do it like per- perfect example like you know it i tattoo around a bunch of bar like the bartenders that work in the bars around where i work like they're going to get a better deal on tattoos because they serve people that are locals to my community and in there and it's like if they're wanting to get a tattoo in the style that i want to tattoo like i want the bartender down the street to have a big tattoo on their arm for me you know what i mean sorry you know that's just the way it is so if you want to deal on a tattoo get a job at the bar down the street my my take on it is this when when i because i i I used to do it all the time. Like when I moved to New Mexico and I didn't know anybody. I mean, I knew nobody in New Mexico. Right. And so not only did I tattoo all the bar staff and all the different bars, but I actually got a job at the bar so I could meet everybody. So I was tattooing during the day and working as a doorman at night just to like infiltrate that world so they would not only see my work, but know me. Yeah. And and, uh, anyway, I uh, I would do stuff cheaper. But I, I, it was so many people I was doing a little bit too cheaper that it was hard to dig myself out of. Sure. So now what I do, and I think part of it is when I don't believe in myself, but I, everyone else does. It's just a weird illusion. I ask myself, what would my hero charge? What would my mentor charge? What would the guy that I look up to charge? Now, there's this guy who probably gets $600 for what I'm doing, and I can barely... Like I feel guilty and I'm like, oh, I'll do it for 400 bucks, I'm sorry. You know, in my head there's like this little like guilt voice. But I wouldn't expect like, I don't know, like Chris Garver to like go like, oh, you flew all the way from Japan to get tattooed by me? <laughs> oh, I should just do it for free. Yeah. Just go, sit down. You know what I mean? Right. Like where we at our lower, like maybe at a, at a different stage in our career would just be like, you drove all the way from Wisconsin? Well, let me just give you a discount right now. You know what I mean? And it's like, we forget that they 
they love us. Like they love our product. They're they're like going out of the way. So that should not want you to. In my head, it shouldn't want you to discount it. It should be, yeah. it should convince you, like, dude, look at what you're worth now. Yeah, I think that's true in the in the scenario you're talking about. I think it's also it's different. It's like, you know. And tattooing, it's just what I, you know, keep saying. It's what I really relate to because it's what I do for a living. But, right, right. Um, you know, I, I think there's a certain point where it's like you want to put out a certain type of art, and when you can't do that, when it's not as in demand as you want it to be, you're willing to like maybe make some financial compromise in order to tattoo more of the subject matter and style that you want. And there are definitely people who are willing to like everybody wants a deal, you know? So there's people who are like a little they're gonna be a little more enticed to like pick something out of this pile of your stuff that you want to do versus their phone pile of stuff that they want to kind of get if there's something that kind of meets in the middle there. And I think that's okay assuming that you are you're both comfortable and I still think there's a way to do that and still charge what you're worth you know what I mean I don't know but I just I well here's the thing I don't look at tattooing like for me I don't look at tattooing in this way of like okay well you know I charge 150 an hour for anything no matter what it is all the time no matter it's like if I was at a point where I felt like there was such a demand for what I did quote unquote it's like yeah that would be a little bit easier because I would just say no to all the people but if I want to work and be you know prolific in my amount of tattoos that I'm putting out like the reality of it is is that no, like my first desire is not to do your like realistic lion face inside 18 different geometric shapes. Like I don't really want to do that. Like I don't wake up in the morning and go like, oh, that's going to be like a fun time to tattoo that. Like that's just a service that I'm providing. But, you know, like if you want a panther with a dagger stabbing through its head and with a 14 round outline, I'm like, yeah, you know what I mean? Like, I want to do that. So, but that's just my personal preference. It's just like I enjoy one thing more than the other. It doesn't mean, and I really think I'm better at one thing more than the other. You know? Well, that's what I'm saying. Like, if you're better at it, yeah. why wouldn't you get paid for it? Why would you get paid less? Well, because you, it's just not always that simple of a transaction. It isn't just like, so you, like, I hate the thing that I hate more than giving somebody a deal is like, especially in tattooing, it's like the tattooer is like, well, that's just what I, I that's what I'm doing. I'm doing this. This is what I, this is what you're getting today. It's like that just doesn't work out in a long term. Oh, so I think way. what we're talking about now is you're working in a service industry where you don't have control over yeah. your product. You I think I think what we what I was trying to talk about in the beginning of the podcast is more like this is your product. It's already been established. Okay, you yeah. make leather bracelets. Okay, so that's yeah. almost a tangent. Okay, yeah, off yeah. of like you're trying to you're trying to like you've put yourself in a position where you've agree to take everything that comes in the door sure. so you're like you're giving a little bit of a break yeah you know so the saying. things that make you happy or things that bring bring fulfillment back into your job sure but what, I think- how i was thinking about it was more like you've already made the product there's already a, a demand for it stop yeah cutting yourself in, and i agree with sure in, in that in that scenario i agree with what you're saying but i'm just think i think there's a lot of people that are probably listening to this podcast whether they're tattooers or designers or whatever that probably aren't quite to that point like like i feel like you are at that point but i don't feel like i'm at that point where like because you know i moved to st louis four years ago and i know no one i knew no one here you know so like that's like a whole different situation than somebody who's been working actively in that community for 20 years so i think there's a lot of people listening that are probably gonna like relate to more like well like how do i practically do do this and how does that work out like how do I how do I get to actually do the work that actually speaks 
to what I do because the problem is like even when we're talking about these circles of referrals, you know, when you you may be working, that's good, you're making money. But if all the work you're putting out, even if the quality is like great, if it's all stuff that you actually don't really like that much, that's fine, you're paying your bills, whatever. But the referrals that tend to continue to come in are based on a body of work that is not necessarily the most representative of what you would like to be known for, what you may even be better at doing. So I think that is a struggle that some people have. And I think to some extent you need to be careful of because it's definitely possible to get uh, noticed, like for your notoriety to be based on work that is not necessarily sure you make a and that's what i'm just you get, you get famous off a of tribal back piece now everyone wants tribal back pieces it's not that's necessarily what, what you're going on to that's do. what i'm getting after right. you know what i mean and so, i don't know if that's necessarily like what well i might i think that's just not what i was picturing yeah you know when, no, when we're totally. talking but anyways tangent yeah. over <laughs> uh, don't charge too cheap because on the other hand I'll wrap it up on that point by saying it, you know whether if you work at a walk-in tattoo shop or whatever if you just like are, are having like you've just done all these like tedious tattoos and something walks in you're just like oh this is awesome I can do something fun don't just do it for super cheap because what will happen is inevitably I'm just telling you what's going to happen is you'll do this super cool tattoo you're pumped they're pumped they got a little bit of a deal everybody's pumped they're hyped they're going to feel so good they tell their friends maybe their friends come get some cool tattoos and that's great but they're going to come back in somehow some way even though you gave them the coolest tattoo ever and they're going to want the most tedious horrible thing and they're going to flip out when you tell them that you want to charge which, them the normal think, price which, for it I think that reinforces the, yeah. the whole conversation of like getting what you're worth because yeah. then you you in this part of the argument of how do I figure out what I'm worth if yeah if you take that yeah and you start charging less it's hard to it's hard yeah. to get your product back you can only there. dig yourself out of a hole so and, far you know yeah you, know, you want to give a break for a passion piece cool but don't shoot yourself in the foot you know um, exactly well, so we talked about the the circles of credibility uh, doing volume with uh, doing a lot of people in one community circle stuff like that yeah um, I think the thing to remember is get yourself out there you know go meet people get involved with things don't you know don't just sit at home but then here's the one i think that is almost the most uncomfortable to talk about but relevant and this is more of the collector who's getting work by you who already has some type of notoriety attached to them whether they're an NBA player who's super famous or whether they're actually an in the know uh, art collector who like is the curator for this entire art museum you yeah, know right. and so now each one lends credibility to different groups yeah. but this is also a big thing like if, if these people are collecting from you then you you're worth it <laughs> if they see something in you and you can't even see it in yourself they're worth it don't give that guy a break yeah absolutely you yeah. know because then you're definitely like yeah. the whole conversation we just had then you're definitely screwing yourself and also though you know to don't don't tax that person you know what i mean there's all these i think there's all these kind of i see people going like oh well they can afford it i'm just gonna like crack them with like the mo-. it's like just give them a fair price like you would anybody else for and that's what we're like yeah the fairest price for what what you're worth and i think yeah um, I think like so. Who who would the who would lend? This is still lending credibility. There's sure. intimate credibility, and then there's I don't know what you kind of credibility you would like nickname this, but this is by credibility by association almost. So you know, say you do the, the, the local art fair, and 
um, maybe the owner of a, a guy he's got like I've got you know 20 hotels in this country and they're all high end and I'm looking to redo all of them and your artwork I want them in every single hotel yeah. you know you are just the gem I want original pieces in the lobby and I want to be able to say I've got Chris Boyle's artwork in all my hotels I mean that right there it borderlines that are who you know and also what you've been able to accomplish. You're able to accomplish selling your work to this yeah. guy or girl or manager, whatever they are. And I think that's another one. It's like if you if you start to factor in and you start to think, who collects my work? Maybe that's a good exercise for you. Yeah. Write down like who who have you been tattooing? By now you should be you should be having referrals, you should have some kind of data mining, you should have had some way of tracking everyone who's been buying your stuff. Hopefully by now you haven't just been like selling and you forgot who you sold everything right, to. Yeah. And you can look at it and you can be like, dude, the mayor bought something. LeBron James bought something for his new schools, uh, you know, and my my entire sewing circle bought something. So now you sure, kind of like yeah. see, and then look at that and go, man, I I am not a turd, you know. <laughs> I can charge, I can demand these prices now, you know. Yeah. Um, and I think that's again the point of the of this series was how do you figure out what you're worth? There is no objective way to do it there's only a subjective way to do it objective way is like um that uh there's three gallons of water in the in that jug that's objective it's measurable Mm -hmm. subjective is it's greenish what what greenish olive greenish sure yeah yellow greenish so this is this is more on the subjective it's really hard to you know, you can objectively write down who yeah. it is, and that's a that's measurable. Yeah. But subjectively, like that's where you've got to really go, dude. Don't undervalue yourself. Yeah, and I mean, it does come down to like supply and demand, like all market things do. Supply and demand, like you know, how many people or service providers are there versus the demand for the service. But the thing is, is like with art, especially, it isn't. There is that subjective element. So even though supply and demand does impact our business, you know, if there's 50 tattoo shops in a 10 mile radius, that's a lot of tattoo shops for the people that live in that area. But like, I mean, that kind of is like the area we live in now. And it's like, it isn't, you know, so that means that just like, just access isn't enough. You got to have something else, you know? And I think that's what we've been talking about too. Like we got to have, you have to have that interaction with your client. You have to have the interaction with the people around you to, you know, I can't remember exactly that we had some structure of the way that we had put it before, you know, like that, that how we approach our clients and how we keep our appearances, our image. I think we talked about our image. We have our appearance. That's what we talked about in the last podcast. This podcast, we're kind of covering who you know, which I think you can even tell by how me and Chris are talking it's not a comfortable subject mm. but it at the end of the day write down who you're tattooing who you're selling bracelets to who yeah. you're selling your paintings to and see who you know get a, yeah. a more objectionable viewpoint yeah. of what's actually happening so you can subjectively figure out what you should be charging next we're going to talk about what you do or what you've done that's yeah. what we'll cover in the next podcast um, and again the, the idea is uh, there is it is freaking hard. It's it'll be an endless debate of why somebody is what they're worth. Absolutely, you know, yeah. we see one person, they're getting six hundred dollars an hour. Sure. Yeah. Technically, your tattoos are no different. Yeah. But you're only getting a hundred bucks an hour. Yeah. So something's different. Something's different. Yeah. You know, so it's it's more than the tech. It's yeah. more than the than the intuitive how 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 to 
part of it. There's there's something to it, and, I, and what we're trying to what we're trying to do is get people to think about that part of it. Absolutely. Are we, are we there? I think we did. We made them think. And my Yeti, my Yeti coffee still hot. Still hot AF, as the kids would say. <laughs> uh, here's where we take it out. Uh, we want to thank you for listening to the Bastards of Art podcast. Now, if you can go to iTunes and leave a review, it helps bring us up higher in the search engines. And so maybe more people can find us and we can help more people. We're not sponsored by anybody. We make absolutely no money off this. We really believe in our message and we believe in what we do. And our, our job is to kind of turn around and help the next guy or girl. Um, you can find us on SoundCloud, Stitcher, iTunes, FM Player. Of course, the webpage, www.bastardsart.com. My link is uh, matthodeltattoo.com. And Chris Boyle, you can find him at? Instagram at O-H-B-O-Y-L-E. Blam. All right. Uh, thanks for listening. Check you later. <laughs>